Talk Recorded live. Indeed, not the other. Friends and Lovers by Carl Anderson and Gloria Loring, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to Wrestling Revisited for a Thursday night, May the 10th, 2018. Yes, folks, we are episode number 118, ladies and gentlemen. 1-724-444-7044. Call ID 139926-POUND. You can join us right now. We are here till 8 o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be getting started here in just a moment. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, we are here right now, and of course, I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. Hopefully, coming up in just a few minutes, we will be hearing from the human suplex machine, John Gross, and our good friend from Florida, the rattlesnake uh, from Florida, if you will. But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, however, because of what happened Tuesday night, however, because of a circumstance that was beyond our control, we had to reschedule for tonight's show, and we are so glad you've decided to join us here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And how fitting it is, however, for what will be a very interesting show here tonight at episode number 118. Tonight, folks, we take you back to July 14, 2009. Yes, folks, that time the WWE came out with one of the most unique DVDs of its time, simply called WWE Allied Powers, the World's Greatest Tag Teams. And on this three-disc DVD that was hosted by the pairing of, of all people, John Morrison, the Shaman of Sexy, the Tuesday Night Delight, the Guru of Greatness, and his partner, Mike the Miz Mizan, who, of course, later went on to become a big name, however, Hank Morrison. They are taking us back into our time machine tonight, ladies and gentlemen, like giving us some of the greatest moments and some of the greatest teammates, both in and out of the ring over the years. From WWE, ECW, WCW, Japan, AWA, Florida, Georgia, and other territories. So with that said, folks, let's talk about what our opening match was on this very special first of a three-disc DVD special, however, here entitled WWE Ally Powers, the World's Greatest Tag Teams. As we said, ladies and gentlemen, this was released to the public, ladies and gentlemen, on July 14, 2009, however, and our first match of the evening, however, takes us back to Madison Square Garden to September 23, 1985. It is the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid, however, who would become famous throughout the 80s, however, while growing up in Stampede Wrestling there in Canada, owned by the legendary promoter Stu Hart, taking on Brett the Hitman Hart and, of course, the Anvil himself, Jim Neidhart. Of course, the Hart Foundation had been around for the WWE for the past several months, however, while the British Bulldogs were starting to come into their own in the middle of 1984 in the WWF, if you will. Of course, these two teams would have some battles over the years that were quite legendary. And on this night here in the Garden, however, this would be without question, however, uh, mind you, however, an exception. Of course, this was a different match from, of course, what had happened taking place two uh, monthly shows earlier and had ended in a draw. This time, however, there would be a winner to decide who would become the next tag team uh, champions, or let's just say the tag team uh, challengers, if you will. The Hart Foundation, of course, were coming into their own after the threat to Hitman Hart and his so-called soon-to-be brother-in-law, the Anvil, Jim Neidhart, who, of course, would go on 
to bigger and better things, however, outside of the ring, however, during his career, however, team up together with Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart, who, of course, had his megaphone with him on this night. Anyway, with that said, here is what happened. The Bulldogs, of course, ended up beating the Hart Foundation here, and with that said, however, went on to bigger and better things, however, at least for the time being on this night, however, after defeating the Hart Foundation. The Bulldogs, of course, would take on down the road, however, at WrestleMania two several months later, the current new champions who had won the belts earlier one month before in Philadelphia against Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. The team that they had won the belts from, however, turned out to be Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine, simply known as the Dream Team. And thanks to some controversy that had happened in Philadelphia only one month before, however, Valentine and Beefcake, however, along with their manager, Luscious Johnny Valiant, or Thomas Sullivan, who we lost tragically less than a month ago, if you will, however, would hold on to the belts at least until WrestleMania two into April the following year. As a result, the Bulldogs, of course, picked up the win and then would defeat Valentine and Beefcake at the second WrestleMania in Chicago when the Bulldogs would have a friend with them, however, watching their back. That friend turned out to be none other than Captain Louis Albano and Ozzy Osbourne, who, of course, decided to show the Dream Team, if you will, that they were wide awake and ready to go and challenge for those tag team titles. Meanwhile, two years later, of course, the Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation would reunite acquaintances in the third WrestleMania, however, in the Pontiac Silverdome, when the Bulldogs, of course, would hire Tito Santana to be in their corner, along with their mascot, Matilda, an English Bulldog, if you will, and the Hart Foundation got former WWE referee and somewhat uh, part-time wrestler, Dangerous Danny Davis. But on this night, however, Davis nor Santana were a part of this, however, until two years later. As a result, the Bulldogs, as we said, picked up the win and would go on to bigger and better things, however, towards the end of 1985 into early 86. This, of course, despite the fact, however, that the Bulldogs, of course, with Davey Boy, along with Bret Hart and the Anvil Jim Neidhart, would team up together, however, and also feud against each other over the years, however, and become close family members as well. Meanwhile, our next match, however, takes us back, ladies and gentlemen, to March of 1991, however, and this time we go to the land of the rising sun. Yes, folks, we head off to Japan, however, and here is what our next match was. The team of Hiroshi Hase and the great Suzuki, however, or Suzuki, whatever you want to call him, Kenzuki Suzuki, taking on the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott Steiner. The Steiners, of course, had done it all going into this matchup, however, by recently becoming the second team ever to hold both the world and U.S. tag team titles simultaneously. Meanwhile, however, the Steiners had not quite yet become over in Japan, however, from the Japanese fan base, however. But on this night, that would all change, however, when these two guys, however, four guys would get it on with each other. As a result, however, in the end, however, the Steiner brothers, however, picked up the victory over the Japanese duo of Suzaki and Hasei, if you will, however, and became even more over with the people in the land of the rising sun. As a result, however, they defeated these two gentlemen here on this particular night. Meanwhile, before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, a quick reminder coming up at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, Wolfpack will be on the air with a lot to talk about. One three eight five two one pound Be sure to join myself, John Gross, the last kicker, Amory Beckenbach, or the Empress, or the Empress, if you want to call her that, uh, Black Widow herself, King NWO, George T. Smith, and, of course, a bunch of other people. The caller ID is one three eight five two one pound Of course, uh, myself and Gerard will have your news headlines for you. John will have your birthdays and dates. Uh, to cover the bases as far as that goes. Now, also, ladies and gentlemen, before we continue on, just a quick reminder that this Monday, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out Raw Radio, one three eight seven four four pound Join John, myself, and, of course, the rest of the gang, of course, where this week we'll talk about the aftermath of uh, what happened last week as far as qualifying matches go for Money in the Bank go. And also, we'll be updating you throughout the afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, this coming Monday, however, about Raw in London. Yes, folks, right before the Royal Wedding, Join the gang, however, as they will be giving you their early assessment as far as main event predictions and also thoughts about anything and everything in the world of sports, including the NHL playoffs, which begin, of course, with the conference finals starting tomorrow night with the Washington Capitals and Tampa Bay Lightning in Tampa, Florida at 8 p.m. there at the St. Pete Times Forum. While tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the Western Conference Final will face the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Now, of course, the Western Final will be going on just a little bit between the Winnipeg Jets and the National Predators in Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. As a result, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, 
we will see who will go on to face Las Vegas tonight, however, as those two will be getting it on in just a little bit. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk about, uh, like I said, some news about what's going on in the NBA and also some wrestling news, however, and give you our raw ratings and predictions coming up this Monday. Be sure to check that out beginning at 3 p.m. And then tomorrow night, get ready for this, ladies and gentlemen. We've been talking about it all weekend, and it's finally going to be here in less than 24 hours, and we can tell you about that before we get back into the action. Coming up tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, at 9 p.m. on Revolution, history in itself will be made with history episode number 500. Yes, folks, 500 was finally here, ladies and gentlemen. And coming up tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, it will be history in itself in more ways than one. As we said, Gerard, Michelle, myself, and the rest of the game will have your news headlines for you, of course. John will have your birthdays and dates on the show as well. But in addition to that, ladies and gentlemen, coming up tomorrow night, we will have a very unique uh, specialty challenge match that has been talked about for the last few weeks. And here are the terms. The last kicker, however, recently said, however, or should I say the Empress, however, has said, however, that this would be a good idea. And unfortunately, the Iceman, along with the Heartbreak Kid, if you will, have agreed to these terms as well. And here is the stakes. Coming up tomorrow night, the Heartbreak Kid will have the Black Widow in his corner, while the Iceman will have the Human Suplex Machine in his corner. Of course, it will be not one, not two, no, not even three, but four. Count them. Four championship belts on the line, and the winner of that will take all the belts in their possession, however, in more ways than one, as the Heartbreak Kid will defend his ROH, US, and Pure title on the line against the Iceman's two titles of his own. The Cruiserweight Championship, I believe, will be one of his belts that will be defended tomorrow night, and also another belt of his will be defended as well. But tomorrow night, folks... It will be a winner-take-all match, however, that will be very interesting to watch, and that will be getting underway just after 9 o'clock, also tomorrow night. Besides the title matchup, that will be coming up tomorrow night. We will talk about some of our favorite moments over the past 500 shows, about the great moments, the not-so-great moments, and some of the most more unique moments of the first 500 shows. So be sure to check that out coming up tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, just after 5 o'clock, or excuse me, not 5 o'clock, 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, here on TalkShoe. Anyway, let's get back into the ring, however, and tell you what is up next with our next match, ladies and gentlemen. And here is what we got for you. Our next match takes place in October of 1987, ladies and gentlemen. And it is the team of Demolition, led by the devious, sneaky Mr. Fuji, if you will, taking on the killer bees of Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and Key Brian Blair in a two-out-of-three-falls match. Now, going into this, however, you have the announced team of Bruce Pritchard, Michelle, Mike McGurk, the female ring announcer, and Duke the Dumpster Drossy, however, Doherty, or Duke, Do- Duke Doherty, if you will, the Duke of Dorchester Doherty, if you will. Anyway, that being said, however, the first fall goes to Demolition, however, as they win inside of nine minutes, however, while the next fall goes to the Killer Bees. The third and deciding fall ends up giving Demolition the victory, and as a result, thanks to uh, Fuji's Kane, however, Axe nails Brunzel with it, however, to pick up the win, and as a result, give his team the victory here as they beat the Killer Bees, however, two falls to one here in this contest. Meanwhile, however, we then turn action to King of the Ring 1999, ladies and gentlemen. And it is the Hardy Boys. Yes, folks, the young Hardy Boys of Matt and Jeff Hardy making their WWE debut, if you will, with Michael P.S. Hayes. Taking on their longtime friends and rivals, if you will, Edge and Christian led to the ring by Gangrel. This match, of course, had happened earlier in the heat, however. Early, on Sunday night heat earlier in the evening, however, but was thrown out when the acolytes of Farouk and Bradshaw, however, Ron Farouk Simmons refer, referring to, and Justin Hawk Bradshaw, or JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield, decided to beat up everyone in their wake. As a result, however, mind you, the Hardys end up picking up the victory, and as a result, defeat Edge and Christian as Gangrel cost his boys, Edge and Christian, the match. However, this was not a bad match. However, I mean, it was okay, but it was nothing like we would see later on down the road, however, in the coming months and in the coming years between these four teams. As a result, they would have a better match than this, however, obviously later on in 1999, however, at the No Mercy pay-per-view in Cleveland, however, that stole the show. Meanwhile, we then turn the clock back to 1983, ladies and gentlemen, and get ready for our next tag team match, ladies and gentlemen. 
It is the duo of the fabulous Freebirds. Yes, folks, Buddy Jack Roberts, Terry Bam Bam Gordy, and, of course, Michael P.S. Hayes taking on the Von Erich clan of Kerry and Kevin Von Erich. As a result, however, mind you, however, um, like as a result, the Freebirds get disqualified for throwing their man over the top rope, which was a no-no at the time, however. And as a result, the Freebirds end up picking up the win over the Freebirds. At this time, of course, the Freebirds have come by way of Georgia, however, by working in Georgia Championship Wrestling and other territories later on down the road throughout the 80s, including the WWE, the Universal Wrestling Federation, if you will, among others. As a result, the Freebirds, meanwhile, were considered gods in Texas, if you will. And, of course, they were, well, let's just say super over with the fans and also everyone else for that matter, including the announcing team as well. Of course, later on, the Von Erichs would have their own personal demons to deal with, however, throughout the 80s, including losing a bunch of family members, including David Von Erich, Mike Von Erich, Chris Von Erich, and, of course, later on down the road, tragically, the uh, modern-day warrior himself. Kerry Von Erich. Meanwhile, up next, however, is another unique match, however, ladies and gentlemen, and as a result, it is Jack and Jerry Briscoe, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the Funk Brothers of Terry and Dory Funk Jr., if you will, however, from the 70s in Florida. As a result, Gordon Soley and Dory Funk Jr. are on headset, however, calling the head action, if you will, sad to say, Dory Funk uh, Jr., of course, would see his father, Dory Funk Sr., sadly pass away, however, sometime in the 70s, but as a result on this night, however, he would definitely uh, have a chance to watch his son, however, Terry and Dory Jr., however, uh, take to the ring against the Briscoe brothers of Jack and Jerry. Of course, as a result, however, very unique uh, team, Jack and Jerry were, no question about it. As a result, however, Jack and Jerry end up picking up the win over the Funk brothers here as they pick up the dupe here on this particular night. Up next, a very unique tag team, and if it's on right, ladies and gentlemen, the world tag team champions, Harlem Heat, with sister Sherry Martell and the, her so-called man at the time, Colonel Rob Parker, if you will, taking on the Steiner Brothers. Yes, folks, the Steiner Brothers are back, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. However, As a result, however, the tag team champions at this time are Harlem Heat, while the Steiners are looking to try to get back uh, on top of the ladder once again by winning the tag team titles, if you will. As a result, this goes 18 minutes and change. As a result, Harlem Heat ends up melting down the Steiners' chances of regaining the gold here on this night, thanks to some interference from Parker and Martell, and as a result, they pick up the win here. Meanwhile, it's up to our next match, however, the Midnight Express with James E. Cornette, however, taking on the Fantastics, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however. And as a result, however, we see uh, Fantastics in action, however, if you will, as it is beautiful Bobby Eaton, however, and Sweet Stan Lane, of course, taking on their adversaries here on this particular night. As a result, however, in the end, however, mind you, however, like I said, however, the U.S. tag team belts are on the line on this night, however, as the Fantastics are looking to be, well, pretty darn fantastic in holding on to those gold belts. But unfortunately, it was not to be on this night at the Great American Bash 1988. As a result, the Midnight Express regain, however, the U.S. Tag Team belts, despite the fact that afterwards, however, they did get some revenge on James E. Cornette and started whipping him like a dog. Let's just say no pun intended. As a result, however, the Midnight Express of Eden and Lane pick up the win and, as a result, regain the U.S. Tag Team titles, as we said. Up next, however, we got a street fight from Super Brawl 6, ladies and gentlemen. It is the public enemy, Rocco Rock and... Uh, Johnny Grunge, of course, two guys who back in the 90s, of course, would uh, be these two, uh, let's just say, hip-hop uh, wannabe guys who are taking on the Nasty Boys of Jerry, uh, excuse me, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags. As a result, however, mind you, how, as a result, however, the Nasty Boys show that they are truly nasty and not here to play nice, however, and definitely became men on this night, however, by basically putting the public enemy on nose, however, and making them feel not so good. As a result, however, the Nasty Boys pick up the win here at Super Brawl 6, however, in the street fight with the PEE, if you will. And as a result, they pick up the win here. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, in a rematch, however, after what had happened in Madison Square Garden only a month before, it is Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, the Midnight Rockers, however, now taking their act to the WWE after working in the AWA territory, taking on Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, simply known now, as the Brain Busters, not the Four Horsemen, the Brain Busters, of course, the duo of 
Arn and Tully, of course, left the WCW, formerly National Wrestling Alliance, only six months before due to some issues with management and other stuff. However, as a result, they would then hire Bobby the Brain Heen to be their manager. However, I'd speak for them other than J.J. Dillon. As a result, these two would go at it once again, however, on this particular night, excuse me, in Madison Square Garden, however, and as a result, however, the Brain Busters did not think off their feet, however, on this night, however, despite the fact that they wanted to show that they meant business, however, after what had happened one month before against the Rockers by picking up the win, however, as a result, however, the Rockers definitely uh, won this night on this night, however, despite some, like, some, some controversy, if you will. Now, earlier... They had fought, however, on Saturday night's main event, however, to a double DQ. And as a result, however, a few days after this, however, it was only fitting that these two would continue their feud this time, however, in the hallowed halls of MSG. As a result, however, this turned out to be, however, a little bit better than their Saturday night's main event special. As a result, however, with that being said, this turned out to be a pretty good match, however, despite the fact that the Brain Busters did not think real smart on this night, however, by pulling off the win. Instead, however, they got DQ'd, and as a result, however, the Rockers ended up picking up the win here, however, by getting the dupe, if you will. So there you go, folks. Disc one of our three-disc special of uh, the Ally Powers World's Greatest Tag Team. When we come back, folks, we will have more to talk about as far as disc two goes, and then we'll go into disc three. But let's give you the number again real quick, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Call ID one three nine nine two six pound Excuse me, for... Thursday night, May the 10th, 2018. This is episode 118. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jared D. We were supposed to expect a few other guests, including the Rattlesnake and the Human Suplex, which can join us. But unfortunately, due to circumstances beyond our control, they are not going to be joining us, it looks like, tonight, however. But we hope to hear from them later on tonight here on the Revolution Show, just after 9 o'clock, as we will be talking to them, hopefully, here later this evening. So, folks, uh, again, we were talking about some of the greatest tag team uh, wrestlers of all time, including Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. Uh, the Killer Bees, as we mentioned, B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, uh, the Von Erics, if you will, Ole and Arn Anderson, however, of course, uh, the Undertaker and Kang, the Brothers of Destruction, the Strong Bro Brothers, however, who were not mentioned on this DVD, surprisingly, and, and listed in any matches, if you will, of Chief J and Jules, however, Terry and Dory Funk Jr., of course, Toy Funk Jr.'s dad, Dory Funk Sr., as we said, watched his two boys, I believe, a little bit before he passed on sometime in the mid-70s, however, while working in territories like in Florida and other places, as well as Texas. The Briscoe brothers, Jack and Jerry, who, of course, trained uh, wrestlers and also had a pretty good career in their own right as a tag team and world champion duo. How, of course, Jack, of course, former NWA world champion. Jerry, of course, his brother, of course, along with Jack, teamed up together to work against Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood, of course, at Starcade 1983. Uh, the Flair for the Gold match, uh, which was a very good show in Greensboro, of course, is also being mentioned on this DVD, as you know. Uh, the Valiant Brothers of the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, of course. The late Thomas Sullivan, a.k.a. Buster's Johnny B., who was a good friend of uh, my father's, of course, and a very good wrestler back in the 70s, along with his uh, storyline brother, Jerry Valiant, formed the Valiant Brother Trio, if you recall. And, of course, who could forget Bart and Billy Gunn, the smoking gun. So, folks, those are just some of the people that have uh, made their impact well-known over the years in tag team wrestling. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's now go on to disc two and tell you what happened next in disc number two. We pick it up from WrestleMania four, ladies and gentlemen, as Strike Force, Tito Santana and Rick Martel, who were later split up in 1988, taking on Demolition. As a result, however, mind you, however, uh, this proves out to be Demolition uh, showing their uh, true colors yet again, ladies and gentlemen. And as a result, they struck while the arm was hot, however, no pun intended, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. As a result, they beat Strike Force, however, and strike down Strike Force here on this night, ladies and gentlemen. As a result, Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon, however, mind you, were calling the action at ringside there at the Trump uh, Casino Hotel in Atlantic City, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on this particular day. As a result, Smash covers Heller and gets the win for his team. Now, this would begin the longest tag team title reign to date, Heller, of literally a year and a half. During this time, of course, however, mind you, it was very unique to see what Demolition would do. As a result, we would see what would happen here on this particular night, and that was them holding the belt. Up next, some more teams, however, that are listed that didn't get enough credit, however, include the Russian duo of Ivan and Nikita Koloff, Raymond and Jacques Rougeau, the fabulous Rougeau brothers, 
the U.S. Express, if you who, by the way, will be in our next match, and we'll talk about them in just a few minutes, and the resistance of Robert Conway and Sylvain Grenier. And speaking of the U.S. Express and the Iron Sheik, how Nikolai Volkov, they lead us into our next match, ladies and gentlemen, that happened at WrestleMania 1. Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, the U.S. Express with their new manager, Captain Louis Albano, who had won the title just a few months before from the team of... Uh, Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch, however, at a house show, however, take on the new number one contenders, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, who were led to the ring by, of course, the fashion plate and the Ayatollah, Fred Blassie. As a result, the Sheik, of course, is the former world champion going into this match, having lost the title only a year before to Hulk Hogan. And, of course, Volkov, of course, is a former Pan-American game and a former world tag team champion himself by back forming a team in the early time simply known as the Mongols, if you will. As a result, however, the U.S. Express try to pick up the win here, however, on this night, however, in front of a pretty good crowd in front of the 20,000 people at the Garden. It was not to be, however, thanks to Freddie Blassie, who basically gave the Sheik his cane, and because of that, Volkov covered, uh, basically, Barry Windham, however, for the three count to win the tag team titles, however, if you will, and with that, they became the new champions. They would trade wins back and forth with each other over the next couple months before Wyndham, as a result, would take off to go back down to Florida, if you will, not to return to the WWE until the late 80s, early 90s, forming a strange gimmick called the Widowmaker, if you will, and then later on getting out of the WWE altogether, however, until the mid-90s, and forming another gimmick that was very creepy and mysterious, based on the movie of Cape Fear, starring Robert De Niro, called Whalen Mercy. Meanwhile, Mike Rotundo, of course, would leave the WWE a couple years after that to go back to the NWA Wrestling, National Wrestling Alliance of Florida, wrestle there for a little bit, and of course come back to the WWE in the early 90s. In form a new gimmick, however, based on the Gordon Gecko, Michael Douglas character from the movie Wall Street calling himself IRS. But on this night, Howard Wyndham and Rotundo, Howard tried to show their allegiance to Red, White, and Blue, and they almost gave it a good fight and then some, but it was not to be, and as a result, the... International duo, the Sheik and Volkov, however, captured the tag team titles despite some controversy, however, with Blassie's Kane. Meanwhile, talking about tag teams, however, and a very unique team, however, that leads us to our next match, ladies and gentlemen, here on the show, however, and that was this tag team, however, the Dudley Boys. Yes, folks, the Dudley Boys, if you will, taking on the Hardy Boys, if you will, and this is a title unification match, however, held at Survivor Series 2001. Of course, the Dudleys going into this match, of course, are led by Stacey Keebler, of course, while the Hardy Boys are pretty much out on their own. As a result, however, mind you, Bubba Ray, however, and company end up beating the Hardys on this night, however, and showing that they are the best team out there, ladies and gentlemen. And as a result, however, they pick up the win here by winning the, all of the titles, if you will. Of course, the Dudleys at the time of the WCW Tag Team Championships champions, if you will, while the Hardy Boys were the WWE Tag Team Champions on this night. As a result, they basically unified both belts, however, mind you, however, and as a result, the Dudley Boys add another piece of gold to their already big arsenal in their Hall of Fame career, if you will, which, uh, speaking of the Dudleys, they made it to the WWE Hall of Fame this past year, recently less than a month ago down there in the Big Easy of New Orleans, but as a result, however, the Dudley Boys show that they are the masters of the table and then some, if you will. And as a result, they pick up the win by defeating Jeff and Matt Hardy. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we go to Halloween Havoc 1996, and we see the current champions, Harlem Heat, back in action once again with uh, Sherry and Colonel Parker, if you will, taking on Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Yes, folks, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash had made their way back to WCW by way of uh, their contract being let out, WWE, in the summer of 1996. Along with Hulk Hogan, they would form a renegade, ruthless gang called the NWO, and as a result, however, they would just basically run away to run roughshod over everybody and anybody. The Steiner Brothers, of course, were about to get their opportunity to go against Harlem Heat one more time here on this particular night in Las Vegas at Halloween Havoc 96. But unfortunately, Hall and Nash decided to rough up both Steiner Brothers, however, costing them, however, their chance to go after the belts once again. And as a result, they decided to put their names on the dotted line this time rather than the Steiner's. And as a result, they would challenge the Harlem Heat Tower, looking to melt them down and take the tag titles for themselves for the first time in their uh, return to WCW. And, well, thanks to some uh, blatant interference, however, if you will, however, let's just say, however, uh, Harlem Heat did not, uh, well, let's just say, kind of melt down the outsiders on this night. As a result, Hall and Nash turned out to be the ones melting down the heat, if you will, and showing everyone that they meant business. Uh, Sherry was not very happy that her man, however, had tried to, uh, let's just say, help Paul and Nash and showed her anger after the matchup. 
because of this. As a result, Howard Hall and Nash became the new tag team champions, if you will, Howard, by defeating Booker T and Stevie Ray on this night, despite the fact that the fans in Las Vegas that night were chanting at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Uh, Hall and Nash's former character names of Razor and Diesel, as a result, however, it turned out to be all for naught, however, and on this night, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, Hall and Nash won the tag team titles. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we go back again, ladies and gentlemen, to the Great American Bash 1988. And it is Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, however, in action with J.J. Dillon, taking on, ladies and gentlemen, Sting and Nikita Koloff. Now, this would be, of course, ladies and gentlemen, however, one of the last times we would see Arn and Tully team up as a duo. They would go on to leave shortly thereafter the WWE, if you will, while Sting and Nikita Koloff stayed back. As a result, this match went 20 minutes long, and in the end, however, we saw what happened, if you will, however, with uh, them going on with each other. And as a result, however, this turned out to be all for naught. Again, it wasn't a bad match, but it was kind of surprising how it all ended. As we said, a few weeks after this, Arn and Tully, along with J.J. Dillon, all decided to get out of WCW, despite the fact that Ted Turner had bought the company just a few months before from Jimmy Crockett, who basically spent himself into oblivion, if you will, as a result, however, Arn would return to the company, however, a few less than a year later, along with Tully, however, after being away from the WCW slash National Wrestling Alliance. But Blanchard, unfortunately, would not return to the company due to the fact that he had failed a drug test. And as a result, shortly thereafter, he would wrestle a few more times, however, before calling it a career, however, and then going on to become a father and husband to his little girl, Tessa, as well as his lovely wife, if you will. Now, Tessa, as you know, is the daughter of Tully Blanchard, if you will. And, of course, Tully, over the years, had some great bouts uh, with certain people, including Magnum T.A., Dusty Rhodes, if you will. And, of course, one of my very good friends and one of our unique special guests that we've had on our show a couple of times here on the TalkShoe Radio Network, our very good friend, Mr. Michael Sam Houston. Anyway, that being said, however, this turned out to be a very unique match. As we said, what happened at the Great American Bash, and as a result, shortly thereafter, Blanchard and Double A, of course, would uh, take their act and head north to the Big Apple. And there we go back to another moment in time, ladies and gentlemen. And this time, however, ladies and gentlemen, we talk about some more teams that have made their names famous over the years, including the Texas Outlaws, Pat Patterson, Ray Stevens, Alpha Seekin, Samoa, the Wild Samoans, Blackjack Mulligan, and Lanza, of course. And, of course, our next team, Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkel with Bobby the Brilliant One Heenanhauer taking on, of course, Red Bastine and Billy Robinson. This, of course, is a two-out-of-three falls match, however, mind you, however, that is held in December of 1972. As a result, Heenan and his entourage, however, show that they are the brilliant ones on this night, however, by basically making Red Bastine and Billy Robinson feel not so good about themselves, despite the fact they gave it a good effort. As a result, however, Bastine did pick Bockwinkle, however, mind you, however, uh, Robinson to win the first fall. However, in the second fall, however, Robinson came in, however, and took care of Bockwinkle. And as a result, however, Bockwinkle and Stevens, however, who were the champions at this time, were dethroned, however. And let's just say they kind of made Bockwinkle and Stevens in the brain feel a little embarrassed. I made a mistake there. I thought I had Bockwinkle and Stevens winning this match. It turned out to be not the case. Instead, it was Bastina Robinson that made Bockwinkle and Stevens feel embarrassed and angry and upset. As a result, they ended 1972, early 1973, in a big way by capturing the AWA World Tag Team titles off of these guys. As a result, really good match, very entertaining, and very uh, exciting, to say the least. Up next, however, we go to The Miz and John Morrison, who talk about their own match that had happened earlier in the 2008 campaign, as they take on the duo of HBK and Rey Mysterio. As a result, Miz and Morrison show how they are a unique team on this night against the master of the 619 and the showstopper, if you will. As a result, however, this goes eight minutes long, and in the end, however, the Miz and Morris and the M&M duo pick up the win here. From there, we go to our final match of, uh, like I said, of Disc 2, and here's what it was. It was the current champions, the Hart Foundation, with Jimmy Hart and Danny Davis, as we did mention, ladies and gentlemen, taking on Raymond and Jacques Rougeau. Of course, the Rougeaus, of course, were trying to get the belts off of uh, the Hart Foundation, which had won the belts a couple months before, thanks to Davis, and a very questionable decision on TV, if you will. As a result, however, Danny Davis came in, however, and helped his boys of the Hart Foundation and Jimmy Hart beat the Rougeaus here on this particular night in Boston. 
and as a result, they defeated them in front of a pretty loud crowd, to say the least. Now, uh, speaking of Boston Garden, as we said back in the day, there was a lot of excitement that happened over the years in Boston Garden, including Randy Savage winning the IC title, Survivor Series 1993, and many, many more great moments. But on this night here at the Garden, just a few weeks before WrestleMania 3, it turned out to be a really good match with these two. Kings, if you will. Anyway, we now go to our final disc, ladies and gentlemen, however, and we will tell you what happened on our next match, ladies and gentlemen. So hold on to your seats, folks. We are going to tell you about what happened here. Our next match, of course, takes place, ladies and gentlemen, however, from SummerSlam 2000. And yes, folks, however, it is the first ever tables, ladders, and chairs match from SummerSlam 2000. Edge and Christian, of course, taking on the Hardy Boys, of course, their longtime rivals, and taking on the newer faces of the WWE who come by way of ECW, if you will, after leaving ECW only six months before, Devon and Bubba Ray. As a result, these six guys absolutely stole the show. And you talk about one of the greatest, if not one of the more exciting matches of all time, however, in history. This is right up there with some of the best moments I've ever seen. These guys absolutely, all six of them, bust their tails, no question about it. And at the end of the night, however, they just absolutely showed why that they continue to be some of the greatest, if not some of the hardest workers I've ever seen. So that being said, that's what happened there. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we take you back to Worldwide Wrestling from July of 1985. It is the new tag team champions, the Russian Nightmare team duo of the Big Bear, the late great Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev, of course, better known to you as Barry Darso, taking on the Rock and Roll Express, of course, who, by the way, had just come into the NWA from Mid-South, if you will, as they are making their debut here tonight, however, on Worldwide Wrestling, taking on Koloff and Khrushchev. As a result, however, mind you, however, uh, this match went 30 minutes long, however, and in the end, however, the Russian Nightmare and the Russian uh, Nightmare's assistant, if you will, however, uh, Crusher Khrushchev were not very happy, to say the least. As a result, these guys absolutely, again, stole the show, however, no pun intended, if you will, and as a result, Morning Gibson pulled off the upset by becoming the new NWA World Tag Team Champions here by defeating these two in what was a great, great match. <coughs> Excuse me. And as a result, they had the place exploding, to say the least. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, the Rock and Sock connection of Mick Foley and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson taking on big, uh, badass Billy Gunn, or big, um, the uh, one Billy Gunn, however, and of course, Road Dog Jesse James for the tag team titles at Armageddon 99. As a result, however, Al Snow cost uh, the Rock and Sock connection a chance, however, to. Uh, basically win this match, and as a result, however, uh, the New Age Outlaws, however, did end up uh, winning this, but unfortunately, I believe, however, that the Outlaws did not win the belts outright. Uh, prior to this, of course, the Rock and Soft Connection had been born after uh, Rock and, of course, Mick Foley had been fighting for much of 1999, and of course, who could forget their memorable, hellacious match at the World Rumble earlier that year. As a result, by the summer of 1999, however, they had kind of made up with each other, both in and out of the ring personally, however, even though they still not see eye to eye with each other. And as a result, they became, well, a somewhat unique team that uh, some people, like some people, had mixed emotions about calling themselves the Rock and Sock Connection. Anyway, speaking of uh, teams, however, we'll talk about some other teams that uh, definitely did not get uh, recognized on this DVD, including Lex Luger and Sting, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, the mega powers of Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, and, of course, team-rated RKO. But speaking of DX and RKO, that leads us to our next match, ladies and gentlemen, from November of 2006, DX versus rated RKO, ladies and gentlemen, however, mind you, which consists of Randy Orton and Edge, of course, taking on Sean and Triple H. Of course, your special referee for this match is Eric Bischoff, of course. As a result, however, mind you, however, as a result, Orton and Edge pull off the victory against Sean and Triple H here on Cyber Sunday 2006 as they make uh, good on their promise by picking up the win here. From there, we go to our next match, ladies and gentlemen. How are the world's greatest tag team, ladies and gentlemen? Charlie Haas and Sheldon Benjamin taking on nephew and uncle Chavo Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero, if you will, from SmackDown of 2003, if you will. Uh, this match won 12 and a quarter minutes, if you ask me, however, mind you. Uh, that being said, Eddie and Chavo end up picking up the win, however, against Haas and Benjamin, uh, here on this particular night. Uh, great match, good intensity by all four. 
Of course, this was held four days, believe it or not, before my uh, 27th birthday, I believe. Let me just double-check my math here to be sure. Yes, this was. Actually, this was four days before my 27th birthday and two weeks before uh, Christmas of 2003. And as a result, these two guys absolutely stole the show here in more ways than one. So, great moment there. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, is one of our two final moments here on this DVD. Uh, Tully Blanchard and Lex Luger, of course, this time, however, not Arn Anderson, uh, with J.J. Dillon taking on Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff. Of course, we talked about Tully and Dusty getting with each other over the years, of course, and Lex Luger and Nikita also getting with each other, meeting in the Crockett Cup Finals, uh, mind you. Now, Nikita was questionable going into this match, ladies and gentlemen, however, mind you, because he had had a neck injury, however, after what had happened a few weeks before on television, courtesy of Dusty Rose's former friend and now bitter enemy, Dirty Dick Murdoch. It was also on this show we also saw the very first appearance of Magnum T.A. since his car accident. Magnum T.A., of course, had been involved in a very, very serious car wreck, of course, six months before, tragically, and had his career come to a tragic and sudden end. As a result, Magnum embraced his good friend, Dusty, and, of course, his somewhat new friend and former enemy, Nikita, and wished him the best of luck against the evil horseman, if you will, telling him to go out there and do it, however, for him and also the fans out there. As Magnum had uh, sort of a disdain, if you will, for both Tully and Luger and the Horsemen back in the day. Of course, who could forget that memorable match between Tully and Magnum at Starcade 85, one of the greatest I Quit matches I've ever seen, and one of the greatest Steel Cage matches I've also ever seen, too. And by the way, we'll talk about Steel Cage matches maybe here in the next couple weeks here on the show. But nevertheless, uh, this was a really, really good match, however, mind you. And uh, that being said, however, Dusty and them were looking to take home the million dollars and deny the horsemen the money. However, the horsemen seemed like they had every title and everything handed to them, whether it be championships, women, uh, drink, uh, limos, planes. It didn't really matter. As a result, Dusty, of course, who would later uh, book himself into certain matches that would be simply known as Dusty finishes at times in his friends and enemies, however, that some people liked and some people didn't like. Uh, booked himself here tonight on this night, however, surprisingly, to uh, pick up the win over the evil horseman along with his new friend Nikita Koloff. And as a result here at the Crockett Cup Finals in 1987, ladies and gentlemen, that was held, believe it or not, uh, there. That was uh, very, very uh, intense, however, very, very unique, however, if you will. Of course, as we said, that was held in 1987, ladies and gentlemen, at the uh, Crockett Cup, if you will there in Baltimore, Maryland. Of course, we saw what happened. Of course, as a result, uh, we saw what happened on this particular night, however, if you will. And as a result, however, we saw Dusty uh, there, however, in... Uh, I just saw it, folks. Give me a minute here. I'm just I'm trying to pull it back up here, folks. Sorry. Uh, but like I said, this was a very unique match that uh, was very interesting and unique, however, as we said... That was held in Crockett Cup there, yeah, in Baltimore. As it was all Tully and Luger, of course, picked, ended up coming up short. I almost said ended up picking up the win, but they did not. As a result, Howard Dusty and Nikita picked up the win there. Um, again, that match went uh, literally about 15 to 17 minutes long. And as a result, Dusty and Nikita picked up the win. Uh, quick side notes on the other matches real quick. DX and... Randy Orton took place between 16 and 18, near 18 and a quarter, almost 18 and a quarter minutes. While 14 to 16 minutes, the Rock and Saw connection in the New Age Outlaws went there. We already told you about uh, one match uh, that happened between the Rock and Roll Express and, of course, the Russian duo of Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev, which, of course, was held on Worldwide Wrestling July of 1985. Uh, the latter match, however, that was very unique, however, between Edge and Christian, Devon and Bubba Ray, and Matt and Jeff Hardy, however, from SummerSlam 2000, went almost 15 minutes long. Personally, I think they could have gone another three to five more minutes more, and uh, it still would have been great. But nevertheless, this was a fantastic match. This absolutely tore down the house, however, in more ways than one. In fact, I believe memory serves me, I think. I think this was held in Greensboro, if I'm not mistaken, the legendary Greensboro Coliseum there in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, as we said, the Strike Force Demolition match in Disc 2 went eight minutes long. The tag match, however, that happened with U.S. Express and, of course, the Sheik and Volkov at WrestleMania 1 went five to seven minutes long with, 
Of course, a very controversial ending with Sheik using Blassie's cane, whacking Wyndham across the back of the neck and arm. And as a result, Nikolai Volkov once again getting the pinfall victory for his team. And as a result, the evil Iranian-Russian duo, of course, basically stuck it to the red, white, and blue boys, Heller, and of course the U.S. fans in the famous halls of MSG in front of 20,000-plus people. As a result, however, these two would continue feuding with each other over the next few months, however, back and forth on certain uh, house shows and TV events, including the very first Saturday night's main event, before it would end, however, in the middle of the summer of 1985, if you will, with, of course, Wyndham and Rotundo regaining the belts. Uh, Survivor Series 01, the match I mentioned earlier, of course, involving the Dudleys and Hardys reuniting once again, however, took place in... Cleveland, of course, at Survivor Series, however, oh, one, excuse me, that wasn't there. That was Greensboro, North Carolina again, I should say. My mistake. Sorry about that. I thought it was Cleveland, Ohio. I made a mistake there, folks. It was Greensboro, North Carolina, not Cleveland, Ohio. As a result, that went 14 to 16 minutes long. Uh, that wasn't a bad match. That was fairly decent and entertaining, if you ask me. Uh, we did talk about, of course, the Harlem Heat outsider match that went on in Las Vegas. Uh, the Great American Bash match, of course, with... Uh, Anderson Tully taking on Sting and Nikita, the GAB 88, took place in Baltimore. Uh, as far as the Miz Morrison, Michael's Mysterio match that took place on Raw from November of 08, I forget where that was held, but that match went six to eight minutes long. As a result, the unique pairing of the, uh, let's just say, the Shaman of Sexy, the Guru of Greatness, the Tuesday Night Delight, however, uh, the man who always had his place open at the Palace of Wisdom, John Morrison, who, by the way, will be appearing on the new should I say not new, but on the uh, CBS reality show Survivor later on this year, however, teaming up with his friend, however, at the time, however, uh, the Miz, if you will, Mike the Miz Mizan, if you will. As a result, the uh, these two guys, let's just say, however, the Miz and Morrison, however, who always made things, well, uh, likable and not likable, depending on your taste, however, as a result, this one's six to eight minutes long, as we said. And, of course, the uh, tag team match involving the Hart Foundation and the Russos, as I said, ladies and gentlemen, was held at the Boston Garden uh, there in March of 1987, just three weeks before WrestleMania three. As a result, however, this went close to 15 minutes long, however, and in the end, the Hart Foundation broke everyone's heart, no pun intended, and let's just say made the Russos do not feel so really fabulous and good and happy afterwards. They kind of gave a bad taste in their mouth, no pun intended, if you will, and as a result, they defeated them on this particular night, thanks to a very controversial call by uh, referee Danny Davis, who once again was, was apparently in the uh, camp of Jimmy, the mouth of the South Hart, a.k.a. later on named the Colonel, and of course his two friends, Brett the Hitman Hart, and of course the handful himself, Jim Neidhart. Uh We told you about the first match, if you as well as the second match. Uh, the second match, of course, in Japan went 10 minutes long, while the first match in the Garden, of course, in September of 85, Went close to 19 minutes long. Uh, excellent match with four great uh, competitors there. They absolutely stole the show that night at MSG. Uh, the Demolition Mr. Fuji match in Houston I thought was pretty good too. It was somewhat entertaining and decent if you ask me. Uh, the King of the Ring uh, 99 match in Greensboro, however, I thought involving the Hardys with Michael PSAs, who would later be changed over to Lita, a.k.a. Amy Dumas, taking on Edge and Christian with Gangrel, a.k.a. David Heath, I thought could have been a lot better. I mean, personally, in my opinion, it wasn't all that great, so let's just say it was kind of there, but not really all that great, and then some. And then, of course, the other matches, real quick, I'll talk about before we talk about our final match here quickly. Uh, the um, Fabulous Freebirds, Kerry Von Eric match in Reunion Arena in Dallas, which went seven minutes long, and in DQ was fair, but not great. I thought that was kind of sluggish and sloppy. Uh, the Briscoes and Funks were kind of all right, but wasn't there all there together as well. The Harlem Heat uh, Steiner Brother match at Hog Wild Night 6 in Sturgis, South Dakota. I thought that was an okay, fair match at best, even though it went 18 minutes long, if you ask me. I thought they could have chopped off at least two or three, maybe even four minutes of this match, but still, it is what it is, so there you go. Uh, as I said, the Freebirds von Eric match I thought was okay, fair there at the Reunion Arena in October of 1983 on WCCW television, or at the Reunion Arena, if you will. Uh, later on, they would have some bigger bouts, however, of course, at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, and of course, the legendary Texas Stadium, if you will, if you ask me. So that's what I thought of that match. Uh, as far as the Midnight Express Fantastics match, I thought that match was pretty darn good and entertaining. Uh, it definitely brought a lot of intensity to the fight, however. 
involving Eaton, Lane, Rogers, and uh, Fulton, if you will. And, of course, what happened after the Jim Cornette was even more funnier to watch. Uh, the matchup involving the Nasty Boys Public Enemy at Super Bowl Six in uh, Tampa, I think, in uh, 1996 could have been a little bit better, but it was pretty good for the most part as it went eight minutes long. And, of course, as we told you, the whole uh, matchup involving the Rockers, the Midnight uh, the Brain Busters, if you'll, uh, what I thought of that one, that, of course, was held in March of 1989, just about three weeks shy of uh, WrestleMania Five, of course. So there you go, folks. Uh, before we continue on, just a quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, as we said, of course, we got a lot more to talk about coming up, ladies and gentlemen. However, uh, like I said, so you might want to stay tuned. Uh, like I said, we got a lot more to talk about. We're going to talk about one more match before we go into uh, our final thoughts for the evening, if you will. And again, I do want to thank all of you for listening in, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a fun night to talk about uh, some of my favorite tag team moments and, of course, a lot of great, like I said, a lot of great moments that have been very unique, however, over the years. Of course, next week we will be back in our normal time slot with episode number 119. Be sure to check that out coming up next week, ladies and gentlemen. We will definitely have a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as we said, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, so be sure to check that out as well. Uh, in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, don't forget tonight we're going to have a great match and great show lined up for you, however, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, like I said, we're going to talk about the final match of the evening, if you will, however, and here's what the final match was on this very unique DVD. We take place, it takes place, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, where is it? I just saw it. Here we go. It is from 1992 in the UK, ladies and gentlemen. It is the team of Money, Inc., IRS, and Ted DiBiase, led to the ring by Jimmy, the mouth of the South Heart, taking on Hawk and Animal. Yes, folks, the Road Warriors finally, however, made it to the WWE with their manager, Precious Paul Ellering, and let's just say their new friend, uh, Rocco, if you will. Shortly after this, of course, Hawk would leave the company but Japan while Animal stayed and teamed up with Crush until he had to step away from wrestling for a little bit because of a back injury. But at the same time, while Hawk and Animal would soon break up power and, uh, let's just say, not team up with each other. Fans were wondering uh, if uh, the inevitable would happen, however, and that was seeing Hawk uh, leave us. Well, sad to say, unfortunately, he did leave us later on down the road, however, uh, both personally and professionally, however, in the world of wrestling, as he had a lot of demons to deal with, however, both in and out. But before he passed on, however, he found religion somehow, he found God, and was basically saved, if you were tried to be saved by uh, seeing the light, if you will. Anyway, that being said, as a result, however, uh, the Legion of Doom ends up showing, however, no mercy here on this night against Money, Inc., and basically absolutely being the tarp out of uh, Money, Inc. in 10 to 12 minutes on this night, however. So uh, there you go, folks. That's what happened there uh, involving that match. Again, uh, Hawk and Animal, of course, trying to uh, sign a way to, uh, let's just say, get the job done. If you will, of course, uh, Hawk and Animal uh, showing that they were going to put up with no shenanigans by uh, these guys any by any means necessary. However, I mean, referring to, uh, like I said, how, by no means necessary. Uh, like I said, I mean, they didn't want to put up with any, uh, let's just say, uh, crap, to use the term loosely. And on this night, how, even though Jimmy Hart tried to uh, make it look bad for the LOD, how it was not to be. As a result, Hawk and Animal, of course, showed why, mind you, that they meant business, however, and they definitely uh, were showing that they were uh, going to be large and in charge, if you will. So there you have it. Um, overall, however, as far as this three-disc DVD goes, however, I have to give it at least an 8.5, almost eight, close to a 9 out of 10. I thought some of these matches were some really great matches, although they could have had another uh, disc or two, made it a five-disc thing. However, I thought that would have been cool. Uh, but you know what, they didn't, so that's unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is, if you will, so there you go. Um, and uh, like I said, however, um, like I said, however, we're uh, going to have a lot of fun with this, however, like I said. And like I said, however, uh, we hope you enjoy it as well. So there you have it, folks. Those are our thoughts about some of the greatest tag teams in history, we hope that tonight you uh, learned a lot, and we hope you uh, had fun with us here tonight as well uh, here on the show. So there you have it. Um, 
that being said, I think we're going to call it a night about five minutes early here. I do want to thank everyone for listening in tonight. I hope everyone did enjoy a little bit more of the tag teams that we've seen and heard of over the years. And, of course, we'll be back in the same time slot next week. However, unfortunately, on Tuesday at 7 p.m., join myself and the rest of the gang as we take you to another time and place in our Time Machine show. Uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, of course, 9 o'clock, we will have Wolfpack for you, of course, coming up at 9. Uh, John Groswell, the birthdays and dates, I, along with King W. George T. Smith, will have your news headlines for you. So that will be a lot of fun as well. And, of course, the caller ID is 138521-POUND. And speaking of the Road Warriors here, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just checking them. Like I said, however, we're uh, definitely, um, like I said, we're uh, going to have a little fun with this, ladies and gentlemen. I think everyone's going to enjoy hearing this, however. Uh, we're going to take you out a little bit early tonight, however, and like I said, we're going to keep you up to date what's going on. Also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, some other stuff that's going on. So, uh, folks, uh, we will be back in our normal time slot again next week. Of course, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that coming up tonight, however, we have a lot more to talk about. So, folks, uh, we will talk to you soon. We hope you have a good night, however. And as we take you out now from ringside, however, we're going to play a little uh, Road Warriors music for you, however. And I think everyone remembers when the Road Warriors came out to this team. So, folks, thank you for listening tonight, however. We will talk to you again later on this evening, ladies and gentlemen, however. We will definitely be in touch with you, however. And like I said, as a result, however, we will uh, be catching up you all on the flip side very soon, however. So, folks, uh, thank you very much. And uh, now as we take you out, we're going to have a little Road Warriors music for you. So, folks, uh, this is the Iceman saying so long from ringside. Uh, We'll talk to you soon, of course. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you at 9 o'clock with Revolution. And as always, God bless. And uh, thank you very much for listening. And take care. That's just the sample, but here's our other theme. Just a second, we're going to have you here in a minute. Okay, here we go, guys. <laughs> 